You're listening to the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, episode number 58. Hey, we are Dr. Shane and Liz Watt. We are doing this podcast because we are trying to bring knowledge and education to create a new way of thinking about our health. Knowledge is the key to a happy, healthy life, and our goal is to help you live your best life. So join us and let's learn together. Welcome Shay Salee out to the podcast today. Shay was an over-the-road truck driver for 10 years before he started getting really interested in nutrition. He listened to a lot of books on health while driving and wanted to use his knowledge to help other truck drivers. He sold all of his equipment and took the time to become a certified nutritional therapy practitioner. He is now working with anybody who is sick and tired of being sick and tired. So that is awesome. You know, I, when I read that and I just look at, you know, what a different lifestyle from before to what you're doing now. And also like your, your car can actually be your greatest tool of learning. And that's what you chose to do when you're on the road. It looks like it is just to educate yourself so much on, on health. So let's kind of get into this a little bit. So, what is the is there a difference between certified nutritional therapy practitioner than, than kind of what we normally hear of? It's like a functional nutritionist or a certified functional nutritionist. Are they similar? Are they the same? They're pretty similar. It's, uh, nutritional therapy practitioners are definitely on the functional end. You know, we like to focus on the foundations of health. You know, we start with the whole foods, nutrient dense diet digestion, blood sugar regulation, fatty acid, mineral balance, and hydration. And so so tell us a little bit about your background. So you you were a truck driver, and then you kind of decided uh, that's not what I want to do and want to jump into that. But that's that's a big kind of jump. It's not, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a steady job, steady income, and all of a sudden now you're going to something. But now you're, I think that you run your own show. So that's a, being self-employed is a lot different than being an employee, right? So kind of tell us about your story just a little bit. Yeah. So when I was a driving truck, you know, I had my own trucking company. So it was nice. I could make my own schedule, do whatever I wanted. But it left a lot of time. You know, you're driving 11 hours a day. So to pass the time, a good thing to do is get Audible on your phone and listen to books. I think the first health book I ever listened to was Grain Brain. Oh, okay. And yeah, that yeah. One is By Pearl, Pearl Mutter. Pearl yeah, Mutter. David Pearl Mutter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that one is an eye opener. So went from that on to The Big Fat Surprise, uh, Bulletproof. Those were some ones that just really, really got my attention. Then there was also a guy on the radio who was a truck driver before and had started helping truck drivers. So truck drivers have twice the rate of diabetes than the average population. So that means about 75% of them because the average population is now about 50%. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, I mean, obviously they're drinking soda, not eating great. It's hard to get good food out on the road, but they're being told the wrong, being told the wrong info too. I started listening to uh, this guy on the radio. He came out and when truck drivers were calling in with, they were on metformin on statins. And he started telling them, Hey, let's eat less carbs. Let's eat more fat. Let's eat more protein. People thought he was going to kill people at first, but it turned out that he got thousands of truck drivers 
off of diabetic medication, off of statins. So he was just a guy that was in the industry, uh, kind of similar to kind of what happened to you. He started going into the natural health world versus truck driving world. Yeah, he just got uh, really interested. He was helping truck drivers with uh, a lot of their financial stuff before. And then he actually went through the Nutritional Therapy Association school. That's why I decided to go through their school as well. And where's that school located at? So it's all online now. Before the pandemic, it was in California and it was in person. And you actually had a functional nutritional therapy practitioner designation. But since it's all online now, they took the functional designation away because it was a lot more hands-on, checking reflexes and oh, stuff like that. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, where, so did you go there or were you online? No, it's it's been all online since the pandemic. Okay, I just didn't know how long you'd been doing it, so I wasn't sure. Okay, I've only been. I actually just graduated in November. So. Oh, so so you're fresh and, and new to a lot of this stuff, but it's something that's a passion that's that you're that you're trying to help other people with. So, what are the um, so you you kind of went through four or five things that were kind of the foundations of what you're trying to do. So go through those and let's kind of talk about those a little bit. Yeah. So if we look at, I mean, the main two that we're always seeing in people is it almost always starts with blood sugar regulation or digestion. You know, you can have, you can eat the perfect diet, but if you're not digesting any of it, it doesn't matter. So when that we see a lot of issues with that, and then of course, blood sugar regulation with everybody's tired in the afternoon. Now they're binge eating. They constantly want to have a sugary snack. It all comes back to blood sugar regulation. And like you brought up, we have, so many people have this country right now is probably pre-diabetic. They actually just had a uh, client come in this last week and uh, her doctor has her listed as pre-diabetic, but to me, I don't think there's actually any difference there. Yeah, because she, because it was bad enough that there were blood sugar, you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a question mark of whether, when they um, do, when they officially announce it, but you know, they, something with the A1C for so long and stuff like that, but it's like, Dude, if you're if if it's not good, it's not good. Yeah, and she, why I was so upset, she came in. Granted, I'm not anybody that can diagnose or anything, but I mean, her A1C was just five point seven, had just got to five point seven, and she already put her on metformin. Well, they're do, they're they're doing metformin now as a as a preventative. So that's it's it's gotten they're they're the thing that's really frustrating is they always get mad at, at science and stuff and saying other things are not scientific, and yet. They're doing all this stuff with their pharmaceuticals. Like metformin was never meant to be a preventative, but now that's what the, a lot of doctors are doing it as. You know, we know you're going to get it, so let's just put you on it so you, it, it helps to regulate it. Exactly. There's a lot of times they seem to not give them the option of just changing their diet for a little bit. Next. I think they want to take the easy way out every time. It is. It's easier just to give a pill than to change lifestyle, right? Yeah, so you talked about... Um, these different areas that you work with. Can we go through some of those areas that that you were you got taught in school and you focus on in your practice? What we got taught in school was the foundations that I listed. So we focused on those first. And then uh, through the second half of school, we ended up focusing on the consequences of when those foundations aren't looked after. So you do uh, an endocrine, one and uh, some other ones that you get kind of a high level view, but the whole program is like I said, to focus on the foundations. So the foundations we start with a uh, whole foods, nutrient dense diet, blood sugar regulation, digestion, 
fatty acid profile, uh, mineral balance, and hydration. So when somebody comes in, how how do you how do you look at them? Like, do you do labs? Do you just do um, examination? Like, what is it that you do to be able to figure out what is the best protocol for somebody? So my best tool, two tools that I have, I have a nutritional assessment questionnaire. And it's in-depth. It's about 300 questions. It's like the normal one you'd usually get when you get to a doctor's office, but they'll give you like a 25-question one. This one's all electronic, and I get a nice graph once the people are done so I know where to start. And then the other tool that I use right away is a four-day food and mood journal. So there I'm looking for digestive reactions to certain foods, looking for energy levels through the day. And just where we can make some improvements in the diet in general. Do you do you actually do food care or do you just help them with, okay, you need to eat more of this, more of this, less of this, less of this? Or do you actually do like food prep and stuff like that with them or no? So I don't do any food prep or anything. I'll give some uh, cooking tips if needed, but I, I got to have to charge a ton to start doing meal prep and stuff. And yeah, I just didn't know if that was kind of part of your part of your stuff, different things that you've created or stuff like that as part of what you do. Okay. And I'll make uh, pretty specific dietary recommendations. With most people, uh, I'll try and change up their breakfast is one that I'll really focus on. So when people start the day, then that's really a good idea to talk about what do you feel is the best way to start the day with their with their breakfast? And what have you kind of saw that works the best for your patients? You know, I've had a lot of people come in and their biggest problem is being tired right after lunch. What I found is they're having a pretty high carbohydrate breakfast or uh, people are doing smoothies a lot and they're doing smoothies that are like almost all fruit. And I think that's really leading to a sugar crash later in the day, you know, as your insulin and cortisol starts fighting each other. And that's why people get so tired right after lunch. They're usually reaching for another carbohydrate heavy meal at lunchtime. So if we can get breakfast, focus on some uh, good fat and more protein, kind of a go-to with me is uh, eggs and avocados in the morning or last night's dinner. <laughs> yeah, so that you could get your your more of your proteins in. It's, it seems to really help people with that little afternoon slump. I don't know where we got in this country starting to have cake for breakfast all the time. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like, you know, the donuts, it's the sweets. And it's like, that's not, yeah, it's, it doesn't make sense, but that's kind of what happens, right? So, so how, how in your mind, when you're explaining it to a client or whatever, how does proper digestion, um, how's that like the foundation of someone's health? So what I really like to look at with digestion is uh, to make sure you're actually getting the nutrients from the food that you're eating. I think a really big problem in this country is low stomach acid. So then we're eating the proteins, we're not getting the amino acids from it, uh, we're not getting the calcium from any of the foods that we're eating, because you really need strong stomach acid to get calcium to unbind. Uh, look at like uh, my very first practice client I ever did, he had heartburn. He was taking Zygrid every day. His doctor put him on PPI, said, hey, let's try some hydrochloric acid instead. And lo and behold, that helped. He says bowel movements. The improvement was amazing. He's completely off all proton pump inhibitors and antacids. Yeah, it's called hypochlorhydria, and people don't even know. And even the medical model doesn't understand. The funny thing is, is I did a video on that 
probably six years ago, and I've almost got a, I don't, I've got several hundred thousand views on that. <laughs> so they, our kids think that he's famous because, because of. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, people don't. Yeah, all the stuff that the hypochlorhydria is just something that people don't even realize, and and because they're they, every commercial you see is you know you have too much stomach acid, so we need to drop it down. But the reason is because you don't have enough. It sits in the gut, and then the acid sits on top because it's not digesting, and that's what causes some of the, the that that issue or that that effect. And so then they just take those like you said the proton pump inhibitors and that just it doesn't do any good it lowers the least that it lowers what they are are low in and so it makes it worse and they're on it for the longest those things were ever meant to be on were for a 14-day period and people are on it for years and have never even heard that that's a not, uh, negative it's amazing because there is telling people to do it's the exact opposite way of what they should be doing it is like you said, they should be raising their stomach acid to improve it. And I think when you get the low stomach acid, then you start getting issues with candida because you're getting a lot of undesirable organisms through into the rest of the digestive system. Plus, then we start seeing the food sensitivities because of leaky gut if we're not properly digesting that food in the first stages of digestion. And we're not just getting the basic nutrition of the, what you said earlier of, of, the, of the nutrients, right? Yeah, I can't remember the exact stat, but I think they said once you're on proton pump inhibitors, your chances of a fracture almost double, I believe. That makes sense because you're not getting the nutrients and the minerals, right? Yeah. So what is your, we've talked a little bit about leaky gut, which leads to um, food sensitivities. What have you seen these food sensitivities that people are starting to come up with because of their leaky gut? There was an interesting one. We were just up in Idaho the other week visiting a family friend, and she is, uh, I think she's in her mid-50s, and is just now starting to be allergic to dairy and eggs and some other stuff. I was like, the fact that you develop this food sensitivity this late in life means it can be reversed to me. And I think that's where we're seeing all these people start to develop all these food sensitivities is because with the leaky gut, obviously those food particles are making their way past the barrier, getting into the blood, and now your blood sees that as an invader. Right. Yeah, because what happens is that it gets through the it gets through the the because uh, it's only one cell, right? It gets through the that barrier, and then it gets in the bloodstream, and the bloodstream says that's a foreign object. We need to attack it, and so then it becomes then it, the more it does that, then it becomes more a symptomatic problem. Then all of a sudden now. You, one of the theories is that's what is the autoimmune, right? Is our body attacking um, our cell? So, with um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the patients or clients that you have seen that have had great success by just focusing in on these foundational things that you work on? The biggest things I've seen with clients has been. Uh, energy issues related. So most of the clients I've worked with, like I said, have had that afternoon slump and it can usually be fixed within just a couple of weeks, just getting the proper nutrients, especially in the first half of the day. And then, uh, there is one supplement that I like to use from biotics research that seems to really help. And then a lot of people just aren't getting enough B vitamins because they're not digesting the food. Well, and also you have like the methylated issues when it comes to the B vitamins. If it's sometimes people need it to be methylated and sometimes they can have regular ones. And so if it needs to be methylated, they're not going to 
get the the nutrients from the B vitamins anyways. Yeah, exactly. So where does blood sugar, because you, you talked about that in the beginning, where does blood sugar come into all this? And why is blood sugar, managing blood sugar, so important? And how do you do that with your, with your clients? So that's where we start with uh, the first half of the day, making sure we're getting enough fat and protein there so that we're not just immediately starting that insulin spike first thing in the morning. So that's what's happening with most people is we get that insulin spike, then we have the cortisol bringing you back down. So then we have that sugar crash. So we go reach for something more sugary and we just fight it through the whole day. Uh, it's not so much around here because a lot of people don't drink coffee, but coffee is a big one I look at with people that do because most of the time they're putting a bunch of stuff in their coffee that they don't need to put in there. I actually just did a Facebook post on, uh, it was one of the coffee creamers, zero sugar creamer, and it had uh, corn syrup, maltodextrin. They, they said it was zero sugar and they and it had corn syrup in it? Corn syrup was the second ingredient and it had maltodextrin. Wow. Okay. That's, that's really kind of changing the way that that is defined because <laughs> wow. Okay. And there was one, there was one other one. And then there was an ingredient that I can never pronounce. Uh, but it actually, this is a chemical that will actually give you an insulin spike. So, wow. Yeah. Well, regulating blood sugar is, 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 is not an easy thing, but it's also something that is very doable. It just is. It just is a process because it is called insulin resistance for a reason. But do you ever do you use um, what's that thing called the the Libre? Oh, the lifestyle. Lifestyle. The continuous glucose yes. monitor. Yes. Do you use that with your clients? No, I would love to have one myself. The uh, the subscription on them is just insane. Well, so we did that. So we did that. You do have to. It does have to have a prescription to get it. But you can get them for about a hundred dollars a month. 120. Yeah. You know, but, and you don't have to have it for, you don't need to do it all the time. But if you just do that at least for one or two months, you'll really start to grasp, wow, this makes a difference when I do this or when I combine this, when I don't combine. I mean, it's a really good avenue to pay attention, helps you pay attention to your blood sugars because it's, I mean, it's on you. It's stuck in your arm. You're you're on your phone. You're looking at what your what your what your rate is, right? Your blood sugar rate. And I th- I found that to be one of the best things that we did to kind of just step back and look at foods that affect because everybody gets affected differently. Sometimes this will affect one person. It doesn't affect another person at all with their blood sugar, and yet it affects you know this person severely. And you don't you wouldn't know that unless you're doing it. So we found that that's, but you do have to have a prescription. So you probably want to find somebody that is a, you know, a nurse practitioner or something can write a prescription for it. But it's pretty simple. You can just go to, where'd we go to? CVS for yeah. pharmacy to get it, you know, and I think it was like 120 bucks. And I think it was for, because they come in 14 day things. They, they're, they, they, they're good for 14 days. And they, and they shut off at 14 days. It's not like you can get them to last longer. They're like all of a sudden it shuts off on the phone. There's, they, 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 they've got that Jimmy rigged yep. in there. Right so. at the minute. <laughs> yeah, there's starting to be more and more companies now that do them. So I'm hoping they'll get cheaper and cheaper. And they should really, there's no reason why they can't make that a non-prescription. There's no reason. People can do it for themselves. Why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But like that, that's, I mean, to really monitor is really, it really brings things into light, you know, just by mixing foods, how you, you know, if you eat a lot of nuts, like I remember one time I wanted to try it. So I ate a lot of nuts and then I had a brownie because I wanted to see what it would do. 
didn't do nearly as bad as what you would think it would. But if I didn't have the nuts before and had a brownie, totally spiked it. So, so just, Shane, Shane continued to have a lot of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, and one time she had these chips and she just had chips and salsa. Well, it was the garden of Eden. And it was healthy chips. It was, just, it was the, it was the. There was like pea and. Yeah, pea like protein, the, you know, kind of chips. And that totally spiked it. But then she added avocado the next time and it didn't do anything, you know. And so if you can get, if you can start realizing the difference hey okay i need to just add a little bit of you know the fats for this or the proteins with this to make it you know where it doesn't spike it makes a huge difference and that is one huge tool when you're working with blood sugar regulation is to look at the order that you eat a meal in if you can start with the protein then go to fat and then finish with the carbohydrate it has way less of an insulin spike usually because it, yeah, because the because the carbohydrates are gonna get in there f- fast and furious and gonna go. If they go later, then the other stuff's already in there in the digestive process. Yeah, and it takes a lot longer to digest the protein and the fat. So don't eat desserts first. <laughs> no, <laughs> and if we're gonna eat desserts, let's just eat them just right after dinner. Let's not wait till ten o'clock at night to have it. Yeah. So Shay, I loved that tip. Do you have any other tips you want to give our listeners to help them? just become more healthier and look at their health and just some tweaks that they can start to change in there so they can have a better healthy lifestyle. Uh, One of the biggest tips is uh, eating the meals in the right order. Using digestive primers, I think really could benefit people. Say you're getting ready for dinner, get half a bottle of kombucha, put some apple cider vinegar in there and just sip on that while you're making dinner. That will really start to get the stomach acid going. That and then kombucha is a great probiotic. And just add more fermented foods into the diet in general. Uh, Costco makes a great sauerkraut. When you get sauerkraut, make sure it's actual sauerkraut, raw, unpasteurized. Yeah, you got to be careful because there's two different kinds. The ones that's in the fridge at Costco is the real stuff. The stuff that's on the shelf is not. Yeah. So you want to be very careful of that. But we actually... We actually have a video on that on our on our website for for the Be Healthy Utah because um, Liz did a whole video on how to make fermented vegetables and it's it's and it's, vinegar and vinegar and a whole bunch of other ferments. So ferments are very important. They actually made some uh, lacto fermented pickles and my kids actually liked them. So they just don't have near as much flavor as the ones at the store, but they're a lot better for you. But I think those would be biggest advice. Yeah, just, people just don't get enough fermented foods anymore. Uh, I totally agree with that. And fermented foods changed my health around so much when I was struggling with my own health. So Shay, we are so glad that you were on today to be able to talk about this and help us realize the importance of our blood sugar and our nutrients. And that, you know, it's it's not just a one, one fix all, but if we can pull them all together and look at different, um, create a different, you know, like a whole new platform of our health, how great our our health can improve and you know also I just want to say this you have such a great story too in the fact that you came from being a truck driver driving 11 hours a day and you you really used your car as a tool to educate yourself and now you're able to help educate other people so many in so many different ways so thanks for coming on today we appreciate your story and being on today and we'll also um he has a booth at our conference so he'll be at our conference as well in in april so we're excited for that so he can if you have questions or you can you can talk to him a little bit more about that so thanks so much appreciate you coming on the podcast 
Hey, thank you guys. and looking forward to seeing you guys in April. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. The more knowledge you have, the more you will be empowered to make the changes in your life. And because of this, your life will be elevated. Your health journey is between you and your doctor. This podcast is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. However, if your current health care provider is not meeting your health care goals, it is time to take control of your health. If you know anyone who can benefit from our podcast, please like, leave a review, and don't forget to share it with your family and friends. Together, let's take back our health.